So I think this is going to be a contentious throwdown, Milo. It is, because anytime I have this discussion with people, it gets contentious. Well, unlike our other throwdowns, where I could take either side, actually, like I like Magnum and MacGyver. I like CDs and tapes. I like glam and grunge, but this is different because I have a strong opinion. I actually agree. Uh, I feel the same way. I feel very strongly. In fact, when I told my girlfriend who was coming to record this, she was like, try not to swear too much because she knows how I have a strong opinion on this one as well. Well, fortunately, we're 5,000 miles apart. Otherwise, it might be a, a physical altercation. And then you'd have a, a small guy and a fat man slap fighting over <laughs> Star Trek. Yeah, and that but- would be really pitiful to see. Welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that crap. I am Milo Dennison, and with me is... Jamie Fenderson, and today we're going to talk about the case of Deep Space Nine versus Voyager. Yes, indeed. As you probably heard there pre-discussion, we feel very strongly in regards to our opinions on this subject. One of us is a Voyager fan, the other lights Deep Bore Nine. One of us is right and one of us (laughs) is wrong. So what do you think? How do you, how, how should we do this one? Well, we could talk about all the ways that Voyager isn't good. (laughs) Or I could, or I could start with these face died, I guess, since it started first and then move to why Voyager isn't good. That, that works. All right. Okay. Let's see here. Why should people give Deep Space Nine another chance if they tried watching it, fell asleep and couldn't stand watching it anymore? No, they, they should give it a rewatch because they liked it to begin with, or they didn't know about it and appreciate it at the time. That's what they should do. Okay. So D space nine was the fourth uh, show in the series. It was a star Trek, the next generation spinoff. One thing I think we can both agree on is that TNG was awesome. Absolutely. I, I was raised by Picard. He was my TV dad. Um, and, and the crew, I remember just it being the highlight of my week. Um, and this was a spinoff. Uh, it started in January 1993 and ran through seven seasons to June 1999, which is the month that Star Trek died forever. Uh, it's set on a space station, not a starship. It was new for its, for its time for Star Trek anyway. It's, it's set on a, a static space station. And near the space station is a wormhole to another part of the galaxy. So... They could go into the wormhole and find other aliens they haven't seen before. Sometimes aliens would come from, from the other side of the galaxy to them. So Starfleet comes and they command this station after an occupation of a nearby planet called Bajor. And it's described as kind of a wagon train in space. It, it, it's kind of a space western where a new mayor comes into town, which is the space station, and, you know, you got your sheriff and your thieves and it's really kind of a, it's just kind of a space Western. And here's, here's, here's some reasons why I think it's good. Uh, one, it's a, it's a new premise with a lot of new themes that you've never seen in Star Trek before. It tries something new um, where the action kind of comes to them. And, and sometimes they go to the action um, through this kind of portal, which which is pretty cool. There are a lot of themes of war and religion. Um, and it's also kind of the, one of the first shows that uh, was serialized. So you had, you know, a, a, a building story over time. People are probably used to that now because that's how shows are now. But what they don't realize is 
uh, Deep Space Nine was kind of probably the first show to do this. And actually, one of the main staff writers there, Ronald D. Moore, would later go on to do that uh, Battlestar Galactica reboot, which was all, which was awesome, which was an awesome show. So that was really uh, influenced by Deep Space Nine. Uh, but even though it had all of this uh, kind of dark themes and, and war and things like that, it still could it still stayed Star Trek. Unlike that rated R Trek that you see today, that Star Trash, n- nonsense, CBS, all access, whatever that is, um, it stayed Star Trek. Another reason I think it's – go ahead, Milo. You got something to say, bro? No, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> Another, another reason I like Deep Space Nine, the characters. So you have a lot of great character development. You have, a, you have a main cast, which also includes a lot of non-Federation, non-Starfleet characters like Odo and Quark and Kira, who, uh, who can have a, a lot of conflicts and different personalities. And then you have a lot of great supporting characters who I think are just as good as the main characters like Garak and Nog. Um, so you have a lot of great supporting recurring characters. Uh, so it's got a huge cast of characters. And I also think it has the greatest villain ever, Gold Dukat, who's mm-hmm. a complex character. He's not just one dimensional. Sometimes he's, you know, for a little while there, he was kind of the good guy and you think he's redeemable. And then he, and then he totally isn't. Um, and he's got a lot of stuff going on. So I, I think he's the best villain in Star Trek. So it's a very diverse cast. It's not just a bunch of stuffy Starfleet people. It's a, it's a lot of different aliens and characters, and you can have some conflict, things like that. They also have cool enemies. So they, they kind of went with the war theme uh, because um, Rick Berman, Michael Piller went off to, you know, helm the crappy movies and in a, in a weird little show called Voyager. So Ira Stevens there really kind of massaged it and made it his own. And they went with this, uh, this kind of war theme. So on the other side of the wormhole are these, this anti-federation that are run by these shapeshifters and the soldiers are like these rhino reptilian badasses um, who are commanded by these other aliens that are like super diplomats uh, and it's just kind of complex and it's cool and it's interesting uh, to have enemies like that. So you still have a lot of Klingons and Romulans and Cardassians um, who started out as the enemy, but then the bigger, badder enemy came in the form of the Dominion. So that, that was cool. And there are enough fans that like this show so much that they even funded um, a documentary recently, which you can see streaming. It's called What We Leave Behind. And it's a documentary about Deep Space Nine. Um, And it's really good. And I think Deep Space Nine is kind of the middle child. I don't think it was necessarily appreciated or understood in its day. Uh, But it is getting a bigger following and streaming now. Um, Like it's on Netflix and people are really discovering it again. And they're really getting into it. And that's good because it's an awesome show. That description that you just gave was as long and boring as the show itself. <laughs> I, I felt like I just listened to multiple seasons of, of the show by that description. 
Okay, so you're you're not thoughtful. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, he, here here's here's the problem with it. Okay, first of all, like yeah, the majority of the plot lines consist of like political intrigues that are boring. The Cardassians complaining about the whoever's and they're hanging out on the station. And here's and here's more proof of how show, boring the show is. It was so boring for the first few seasons. They, they actually had to bring Worf on the show to make it more interesting, to actually create something interesting. And they had to create, bring the Defiant onto the show in order to actually have some space action going on because it was so boring. Even yeah, the creators realized how boring it was. But they did those things and it wasn't boring. Hmm. It might have started out a little boring, but then they changed, right? Because they did a lot of cool changes. Hmm. They did the whole Dominion thing. They brought Worf on. They brought the uh, Defiant on, which is this badass little warship and go go kick some holy butt, right? Sure. Unlike and- Voyager, which is boring and they just stayed boring. <laughs> So, and then you've got the worst chief engineer in O'Brien. I mean, Deep Space Nine is constantly breaking down. You've got the worst security chief in Odo because the space station is constantly, you know, getting snuck onto by people who aren't supposed to be there, getting snuck off by people who aren't supposed to be there. People are getting kidnapped, all that kind of stuff. Uh, You've got uh, Kira, who's the most insubordinate person on the planet, yet somehow... Uh, doesn't just end up being fired and ending up in jail. And you've got your commander of the base who says every word as if it's a theatrical play and he's doing Shakespeare with well, such emphasis. Star Trek is pretty Shakespeare. <laughs> so don't, let me let me, get, don't make me get all Avery books on you, bro. All right. So <laughs> let, let me balance the boredom known as Deep Space Nine with the interesting known as Star Trek Voyager. First of all, you've of course got your first female captain in Kate Mulgrew. They take the Voyager to another place in the universe so they can introduce exciting new characters and have exciting new adventures as they try to get home. And you've got a, a, a doctor who is a hologram and slowly develops a personality and a life to him. You've got relationships and how do relationships form on a spaceship when you're trapped out together between uh, the various characters? And you know how do you deal with uh, your ship as it's continually being uh, damaged from attacks and you have to find and resupply it? You have all, all this interesting uh, stuff happening and you have a cameo from Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who shows up in one of the episodes. So clearly it is better because The Rock is in it. And I would like to add, it was on the same number of seasons as DS9 was, although you get four more episodes. DS9 had 176 to Voyager's 172. However, in something that counts a bit more is DS9 only won four primetime Emmys, whereas Voyager won seven primetime Emmys. Even the critics recognized how brilliant it was. Voyager could actually go places. Like you can't just, you know, sit there on your station. It could uh, go on to planets and land on planets and fly off of planets. What what is there not to to love about it? Well, I've got a list here. They they have the Borg. (laughs) I mean, everybody loves the Borg from Star Trek The Next Generation when they showed up. 
everybody liked the Borg when they showed up on Star Trek Next Generation. But here's the problem with, mm-hmm. with it on Voyager is it, it, their enemies were so lame. Like they, they go to this other side of the, of the galaxy, right? And you're like, ooh, who are they going to meet? And the first enemies they have are Walmart discount Klingons. With the, with the sponge hair and whatever, and we're gang members. We're these discount Klingons, and they just stuck on those guys for like two or three seasons, like Kazon, 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 discount Klingons, and then finally they move across the galaxy. They meet other one dimensional and so called enemies like the space lepers who who are falling apart or whatever. Oh yeah, and they were great. The intergalactic garbage men. Oh, they were garbage <laughs> men. And we have toxic waste. Oh, no. And then the predator ripoffs, right? We're hunters. Oh, yeah. Like, Species like, 84. It was 8472, 84, No, no, it's those other ones. I, I think they're called the Herogen. Oh, yeah. Total predator ripoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And then they figure out that they're, 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 their enemies are, are, are freaking lame. So then it turns into the Borg show. <laughs> because unlike Deep Space Nine, they, they, who, who made their own menacing enemy and cultivated their own menacing enemy in the Dominion, Voyager couldn't do it. So they had to fall back on the Borg. They had to fall back on the Borg, right? They couldn't make their own cool enemy. So they had to, they had to basically steal the Borg from TNG. Deep Space Nine only had the Borg in one episode, the pilot episode, uh, because... You know, Cisco was in an attack there that killed his wife. He's a single dad, right? But that's the only time that the Borg were ever in, in Deep Space Nine because they had their own thing going on. They didn't have to fall back on the Borg because they can't, they can't make their own enemies because their enemies are, are lame, discount Klingons, space leopards, and garbage men <laughs> and predator ripoffs, right? You know, uh, they also didn't, speaking of Cisco and his child, since they didn't have children on the Voyager, you didn't have to deal with boring children episodes where like, oh, I'm whiny. Oh, so nice bonus for Voyager there as well. And I should point out that Voyager rated higher on the Bechdel test than Deep Space Nine. It was the highest rated Star Trek show when it comes to the Bechdel test because of women. Girl power, man. Just because you hate women doesn't mean I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about real quick about Janeway. It doesn't matter if she's a woman or not. I think Kate Mulgrew is a great actress. She did. I mean, she's, she's wonderful, but the writers were not good to her. Here's why. This captain is wishy-washy on morals, right? She, they don't know whether they want to make her a Picard or a Cisco, because in one episode, like even the first one, she's, we have to stay here in the Delta Quadrant because of good morals and Starfleet is moral and we, we are moral people. And then you have another episode where she breaks that code because she wants to get her people home. Well, I have to break my moral code for the sake of my crew, right? Well, you should have done that to begin with if, that's, if you're morally ambiguous, right? Which one are you? That's she's up and down. There's one episode where she's preachy and telling other people about how bad they are for not being moral. And then there's other episodes where she's totally breaking that for, because it's convenient. Well, it's because she's a woman, Jamie. She's allowed to like change her mood depending on the situation. <laughs> Maybe. But here's here's the point. Cisco is a pretty morally ambiguous guy, but he's consistently so he's consistently morally ambiguous 
Unlike and Picard, like Picard is a moral guy. He sticks to his moral code no matter what, to his detriment sometimes. Uh, that's that's why I got a problem with Janeway. Well, she has to as the situation evolves with them in out there. They they she has to change with the environment and she has to evolve as a person and react to the situation. So sometimes the situation requires a bit more morally ambiguous response. Well, sometimes the situation can, you know, be a bit more to Starfleet code response. Well, it's not an evolution though, as much of it is as who's the writer of, of the episode that week. That's, you know what I mean? That if it's an evolution, I can see that. But it's not. It's like, well, which which Janeway are we getting today? And then she's got these lame characters that she's got to deal with um, that don't grow either. They, they don't evolve. Let, let's let's take a look at Nog versus Ensign Kim. Let's compare these <laughs> characters. Nog's not even a main character. He's a secondary character and he has more evolution. Right. He starts out as this illiterate thief. Right. By the end of the show, he's this honorable, this honor bound officer and war hero and and there was an evolution throughout the show of him becoming so now you look at uh, young harry kim right he's this young geek ensign who plays the clarinet when the show starts and then when the show ends seven years later he's still the young geek ensign playing the clarinet he didn't even get a, a field promotion nothing happened to him he he, he is still the same he, he didn't even become lieutenant junior grade that's my pro- that's another problem I have with Voyager is you don't really see any any evolution. You, you know, that whole Maquis and Starfleet thing was supposed to be con- like a conflict. You were supposed to have some conflict on the ship. But as soon as they like got together, it seems like they were just all buddies. No, they had a plenty of episodes with conflict. Oh, they had, they had they, a couple. They had, they had the one guy that kind of became a psycho murderer and then had to be confined to his quarters for a long time until he redeemed himself and sacrificed himself for the ship at some point. I don't remember that character. But it doesn't matter but... if he's a Maquis or not. He was Maquis. He could have been a Starfleet guy. Torres, who was like a mouthy Maquis, disobedient Klingon, half Klingon who became, you know, the chief engineer, hooked up with Tom Paris, you know, had a a relationship with a human and learned to live within Starfleet rules. She was just as as crabby at the the end of it, though. She was just as bitchy and crabby. He was an insubordinate jackass who ranked up throughout the series and then ranked back down because he got in trouble, but then ranked up again. Oh, Wow. Up and down, up and down. He didn't go anywhere. He probably ended up in the same spot. Seven of nine who had to learn how to become human again. Yeah. And you're talking about boring. In so they bring suit. St- <laughs> and, you, and you and you were, yeah. So you're 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 like, oh, they brought Worf back on to make it interesting. Seven of nine is Voyager's Worf. Oh, we don't we don't have a good show. So let's get some eye candy in here. And you want to talk about boring. Can you imagine being on a date with with seven of nine? And everybody is. She's like, oh, I'd love to be on a date with seven of nine. Oh, not me. (laughs) Not me. You want to talk about this? The most boring character ever. She's complete eye candy. That's all she is. I'm learning how to be human again. Oh, but I'm really uh, a Borg and and really just like I got this skin tight outfit. Just look at me, please. It's an interesting show now, right? Come on, man. Uh, Harry Kim wanted to be on a date with her. 
Well, that's because he's a young geek with a clarinet, and all the young geeks real, in real life with clarinets probably want to be at a, on a date with her too. Uh, doctor, he evolved. He went from just "I am a robot doctor" to "I am a human" almost. I yeah, which is completely unrealistic <laughs> to me. So you have Data, who's designed to evolve and be a, like human. And then suddenly you just activate this holographic doctor and he's singing and dancing and doing plays and he's totally human. Wow. Not so, suddenly over the course of the yeah, series. But he even starts out like I'm a grouchy guy. And then uh, over the end of the series, he's like, I'm not as grouchy anymore. And I can move around um, in other places instead of the ship and I can sing and dance um, and I can fall in love and do all these things. Well, how did that happen? Like data can't do any of those things, but but you can, you're a holographic doctor and you can do that. Hmm. Come on, man. But ha- what celebrity, <laughs> what, cele- what celebrity cameos did deep space nine have? Did they have Dwayne the rock Johnson in it? They didn't need celebrity cameos. <laughs> they had a good show, but that Dwayne the rock Johnson is cool though. I'll give it that. I'll give you that because Dwayne the rock Johnson is the bomb. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you the DS9 did get better towards the end. The problem is, is you have to sit through the first half of the series to get to the second half of the series where it isn't awful. Well, I don't think it was awful, but <laughs> All right. that's so the like, thing about, Vo- that's the thing about Voyager is actually, maybe it was a little more interesting at the beginning, but then they did the, the whole, the, the Borg show. It's like the creature feature of the week is just the Borg. It's everything was Borg, Borg, Borg all the time. I felt like I was in Scandinavia and Sweden or something. Just Borg, 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 Borg. I don't know. I, I told you this would be a throwdown, bro. It's hard. It's harsh, man. <laughs> we're we're going to have to leave it up to the audience to let us know. We'll throw a, a poll out on our Twitter feed so that you can go on there and vote and let us know who do you think wins. Voyager, the interesting one that takes place with action, or Deep Space Nine, where everybody just stands around on a space station and talks to each other. Okay, as always, folks, we are out of here. Like the holodeck barkeeper, Michael Sullivan's wife, that Captain Janeway deleted so that she could bone him without feeling guilty in Season 6, Episode 11, Fairhaven, and Season 6, Episode 17, Spirit Folk of Star Trek Voyager. Live long and prosper. <laughs> so in, in prep for this, I actually went through and kind of ranked all of the, the, the series. So the hard part was for the number one position, it's either the original one or the next generation uh, because they're both really good that. in their own ways. Yeah. So there's I kind agree. of a tie there. And mm-hmm. then you got to, from there, uh, it's hard. Do I go Picard? Picard's all right, but eh. It's a bit dark. Picard, like the show Picard, like yeah, the, the new one. The new one. But that looks like trash, man. It, Did it you is. have you watched it? I have watched it, yeah. So I haven't watched it. I just watched, I just saw a couple reviews or whatever. I, it looks like trash. Oh yeah. It looks like basically Picard is making a cameo in a in his in his own show. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of uh, young people berating him all the time. It, and it then is. it's got all this cussing and blood and guts and all this rated R crap. Yeah. Well, that's the because problem with trying all to the be new edgy. Stuff. Yeah. I'm, trying, I'm so edgy. Ooh, we're going to vape. Oh, cause we're mo- like post millennials and, and our show, man, we, we're all about like, we drink a lot cause everything's dark and we vape man. And, and we cuss and there's blood, man. What's up? Cause we're dark and edgy. Right. That's complete garbage, man. So anyway, so I went original next generation Voyager Picard enterprise 
Deep Space Nine, and Discovery. Are you serious? You put Deep Space Nine <laughs> below Picard and, and below Enterprise? Enterprise was... No, you didn't do that. I, I, I had oh, to do no, it. Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, hey, you didn't. But it's better than Discovery. Start STD. Dude, but you, Come on, man. But you DS9's can't say. better than STD. <laughs> oh, man. You can't say that it's worse than Enterprise, though. Enterprise was sorry. <laughs> All right. Scott Bakula. Come on, man. What's come on, man. Fine. Okay. I'll give you DS nine over enterprise. There you go. So Voyager Picard, DS nine enterprise and discovery. That's well, my but right. You game. can't, it can't be, it can't be under Picard either. Why not? You oh, haven't man. even seen Picard. You don't know. <laughs> I know it must suck, dude. <laughs> you break my heart, Milo. You break my heart, dude. Uh, yeah. I've seen it. I know. I know it's better than DS nine. <laughs> In- this might be the last podcast, people. This might be the last one. <laughs> yep, it has ended over this. I did. I, I didn't think you were actually going to. I thought you were just defending Voyager because you wanted to just like defend it so we could have a show. I didn't know you actually liked it. <laughs> no, I actually think it's a better show. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were just doing it for the show's sake. No, and man. then you're like, oh, I'm actually defending it because I think it's a better show. I was like, what? That's fine. That's fine. Everybody's allowed to have an opinion, even if some of those are wrong. Well, I'd agree with you, but I don't want to be wrong. 